Well, everybody, it's time once again for another episode of Dear Anger. I'm your co-host, Ed Krasny, my partner, Rini Jane, coming along shortly. This is the show where we talk about our relationship with a very misunderstood emotion. Can anybody guess what it is? It's called anger. I don't know if you're familiar with it. You're probably denying it. You probably are pretending you don't know it's there. It's there. Why is it there? Because it's a natural emotion. It's not meant to go away. It's meant to give you a message, meant to tell you things. These are the things that we're going to explore in the show, that we do explore in the show. And, um, you know, anger shows up everywhere. But I think what we're really seeing is our reaction to anger. It's not really anger that we're seeing on TV. It's not really anger that we see on the news. It's not really ang- That's not anger. What that is is people fighting anger and having no relationship to it. That's what happens. And now I'd like to present my co-host, uh, the founder of GoZen.com. GoZen, uh, is, we te- they teach resilience. They teach all kinds of skills, the science of well-being. And they teach it through creative play and animation. And I'm saying they, and really, the person who is the founder right here, the queen of serotonin, uh, is here. And that's Rini Jane. Rini, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to this, anger shows up at all times of day and evening, right? Right. Yeah. Before we go forward, can you do me a favor? Can you stop calling me the queen of serotonin, please? Absolutely. I will call you the queen of dopamine. Oh, I don't want to be any kind of queen. You are the queen of queens. It's not possible (laughs) for you not to be. You are the queen of queens in my eyes. No queen, none, no queens. Queen is what I think of when I think of you. I think of queen, you are the queen, you are the queen. I don't think of Dairy Queen, I think of you as the queen. (laughs) So guess what, guys? We are demonstrating something for you today. Ed is exhibiting a behavior that I want him to stop. I'm telling him to stop, and yet he keeps doing it. Sounds yes, familiar. my queen. Yes. Yes. When I see queen, I don't think you, I think of you as a lead singer of queen. I don't think Freddie Mercury. <laughs> so we're demonstrating something here, guys. Ed is exhibiting a behavior. I want him to stop. I'm telling him to stop and he's doing the opposite. Sound familiar? Yeah, this is, this is something. Whenever you say, now this is the opposite of improv, right? With improv, it's all yes and. You always say yes and you add on to it because you want to support your partner, and in this case, your kid. And really, as soon as you say no, what do they do? They do more. My goodness. Stop jumping on the sofa. Stop saying that bad word. Stop eating over there. Stop whatever you're asking them to stop. But they're not stopping. They're just doing it. Why aren't they, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, guys. You can't see me because it's a podcast. But I can feel listening. it. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and and that would be something that you do at home. You continue to do the air. No, it's it, this is this is a common thing, right? Especially with younger kids, they want to test you, and they want to they want to get a reaction out of you, or they're doing it just to be playful, or they're doing it to because they want to laugh, or they're doing it for whatever reason. But if you respond by saying no, they're thinking go go go. They don't hear no; they hear go. 
Yes, they do. Yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's an eardrum development issue. <laughs> like, they just can't hear what we're saying. It's confusing to them. No, why do kids do the opposite of what we say? I think we're thinking a lot about ourselves. And I think a lot of times kids are living in their own world. It's not that they're ignoring us and that they can't hear us, but they have a very strong inner voice. And that voice is guided by a lot of different things. You know, so one of the things is, um, have you ever heard of that book, How Full Is Your Bucket, or that concept? Yes. So there's like a bucket above your head. I think a lot of times it is written about in terms of gratitude and positive emotions during the day. But imagine a kid has a bucket above their head and it needs to be filled with power. <laughs> Kids don't have a lot of power and they have less and less as the generations go on. Right? Every kid wants some personal agency. So what does that mean to them? It means that their choices matter. When kids feel like their choices matter, they feel like, look what I'm capable of doing and I determine my future. You know, that to them means that they are affecting their own life. There is consequences, there's cause and effect. They do something, there's an effect, right? And this gives them power and every human wants that in a positive way. When kids feel like life is being done to them, they feel like their choices don't matter, they don't have any control, so why do I bother? There's no point. Nothing I do affects my future. A lot of kids feel like this. They feel like they're waking up in the morning and from the moment they get up till the moment they go to bed, they are essentially instructed what to do. And so when we see our kids and we're asking them not to do something, this isn't always the case. But kids are filling up their power bucket. Their inner voice is saying, jump on the sofa. Their inner voice is saying, experiment with this thing. You know, kids are experimenting and they're expanding their personal agency. Yeah, and this is a time in, in the world, you know, when I was growing up as a kid and when you were growing up as a kid, there was a lot more agency built into our surroundings because kids could go and do what they wanted to do. They, you could actually say to, to a kid, go out, go out and play. Oh, my you goodness. Know? Mine was, uh, Rini, go, you know, go do whatever you want. Be home for dinner. Uh, make sure you come home alive. That's <laughs> basically the rule. Yeah, and that's agency. That that's that's you have choices. I mean, I remember being a kid and I remember having so much time that I got bored. And you had to deal with the boredom. If you were that was part of living. It's like how are you going to spend your time? What are you going to do? You got friends, you have people in the neighborhood. It was in your neighborhood. You can't do that now with kids. They don't have that kind of agency to go out and explore. No, I mean, for the most part, in most parts of the world, you know, we are in very close proximity, especially considering the climate of what's happened. People are in their homes next to each other, and we can't help but hover if we're watching our kids do something, right? Watching them do something. And I'm not advocating for allowing our kids to do something unsafe and watching them and saying, listen, they need their own power and let them do something not safe. What we're talking about here is that just the reality that they have less agency now than they have in the past. And that does affect them. So when we're thinking about our kids not listening to us or doing the opposite of what we are saying, I think we can really have a perspective shift here. They're listening to this incredibly strong, powerful inner voice. And they are experimenting, but it can be hard. It can be hard 
especially if something, the behavior is turned towards us, right? So if our kids are saying bad words, and they're directed at us, or if they're doing something that we are, we're feeling is personally offensive. Yeah, it's your, it's your, it's the reaction that you have. Well, you want this behavior to stop. And the thing is, it's translating it like you're saying. It's not, it, you have to decode what they're doing. What they're doing is they're trying to play, they're trying to engage, they're trying to get their own sense of who they are and their own, their own agency, their own space, their own power, like you say. So answer that, you know, respond to that. I'm, I'm asking for my own power. How do I give it to you instead of telling you to stop doing what you're doing? Exactly. I think that the first part that we're talking about here when it comes to agency and a perspective shift is really the ability to build some empathy and really have a true understanding of the behavior. You know, why is this happening? Why, if I'm telling them not to do something or that it's unsafe for them, do they continue to do it? And it is not just a matter of a child not listening and your words not penetrating, right? So, but yeah, there are lots of behaviors that we want to transform. For example, if your kid is out in public and spitting at other people, we don't want that to happen, right? That's socially unacceptable behavior. So there are lots of behaviors that we want to transform, but our first stop should be Let's build empathy. Let's try to understand what's going on in their world. And then let's move to the next step. Now, a lot of times, though, you know, for a parent, it's you're trying to get out the door. You're trying to you're tired. You're tired. You're you're fatigued. You're you're exhausted. You're at your wits end and you're not conscious. Right. You're you're in a reactive mode. So do you have to do something for yourself like that a bell goes off? where you have to take a break. You can't, you can't go in because what you're going to do is try to stop it at that point. Yes. I think that when your own, your own sense of self-care is just out the door, right? When you are depleted, when you're exhausted, when you're feeling burned out, like many of us have been over the last few years, then yeah, you, your reaction becomes very habitual, right? Reactions become, we are creatures of habit. We build habits very quickly. So we're not going through the whole process of, okay, I've been triggered. Now I'm having these thoughts and these feelings and my interpretation of the situation is leading to this reaction, right? And that's basically why we react. We don't react because our kids are jumping on the sofa. We, act, we react because we are interpreting this as, disrespect or misbehavior or something. And that's what we're reacting to. But sometimes it goes so quickly because we've developed habits of, you know, maybe it's screaming or yelling. And Ed and I are saying this without judgment. This is a judgment-free zone. But we've developed some kind of reaction that is a habit. And we can go to that habit very quickly. One, if we do it over and over again, of course, our brain forms the neural pathways to just get there quicker. And two, if we're depleted, definitely. And I am the king of depletion. In fact, that was my that was my school that was my mascot name uh, at my high school, king of depletion. But now, but now I yeah, and that's uh, something that you bring up. You know, we always talk about we talk about improv and about saying yes and that kind of energy, where you and rather than deny what's going on, you say yes and you try to add on to it. So that's that's some of the 
stuff that's going on. And I wonder, I'm thinking this to myself because I'm often, <laughs> I'm often depleted. I'm, I wonder if it's something where I can exaggerate that and get a laugh and actually kind of connect to my own experience by saying, I'm so tired. Aren't you? I'm exhausted. Oh, I'm going to lay down. And that's, you know, I mean, not that, not that you need to do that voice. That voice is scary. But still, I'm saying that energy. The, it's the, and it's the same energy with, with all the emotions, but especially, you know, when you're dealing with, with a kid who's trying to get, gain some power. You know, you can do it in a silly way. You can do it in a playful way. I love that. I love that you introduce humor and you talk about leaning in. I think humor is one of the most underutilized strategies when it comes to parents. And a lot of us are funny or we have a funny bone or when we were kids, we loved to laugh or we love to laugh now, but we don't use that as a strategy, right? Because we let these things get under our skin, especially when it happens repeatedly. And we also see the behavior as a reflection of our own success as a parent. Oh my goodness, I've said, don't do this thing a thousand times and yet they're still doing it and therefore I'm not effective you know and it doesn't feel very humorous to me that I'm failing so first of all let's take off the table that there's any failing and then let's go back to what you're saying ed about saying yes and and leaning in and I would love to play a little clip of maybe a before scene first I love this okay this is the don't don't lean in theater I love it I'm I'm here lights camera action would you rather eat poop from a squirrel or a bunny? Very funny. Neither, of course. Bunny poop, bunny poop. <laughs> okay, you know the rules. No more bathroom talk while we're sitting at the table. Mom, it's not bathroom talk, it's poop talk. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? It's disgusting. Stop it now. You stop it. It's not disgusting. The book says everybody poops. Poop, poop, poopy. That's it. Go to your room. That's it. Go to your room. What tools is the mom using in this scene where she obviously doesn't want her kid to be doing potty talk at the table? And by the way, just because that's the example doesn't mean you can't extrapolate the same thing to a kid that's older. Maybe it's a tween that's swearing or a teen that's doing something else that you don't want them to do. Doesn't seem like she has many tools uh, going on. It seems like she's just reacting. She want, you know, if your whole energy is to stop something, that's a really hard, that's a resistance energy, and it's not going to be successful uh, most of the time. And if it is, the behavior is going to come back anyway in a different way. You know, they have these. I remember when my kids were born in the hospital at Mount Sinai in New York, they gave us these milestone sheets. You know, this is what your kid will smile at like eight weeks and they will do this and they'll roll over at four months or, you know, they have these milestones. And I literally think there should be a poop humor milestone <laughs> because yes, it definitely happens. I don't know. Have you hit that milestone yet, Ed? I, I love that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what I've noticed and I'm not advocating this at all, but there's a poop threshold and there's also a bad words threshold, a swearing, a cursing, a thing like that. And, and I think that there's tremendous, you'll see a lot of books out there that are written now that use foul language and they're using it as a way to kind of 
give permission to say it's it's okay you can actually like these aren't bad words it's the way that we respond to them and they're actually i think i've sent it to you there's a meditation thing that uses foul language in the meditation yes and it's real it's it's the most fantastic thing it's it's fantastic so so here's the thing you know there are definitely this is all wrapped up in our idea of what is respectful and what is disrespectful and how we want our kids to kind of show up in the world and us facilitating that along and going back to that role play we just heard with the mom and the kid her only tool was to get angry. So she was getting angry and then angrier and then eventually basically just used a power play. You know, you're going to go to your room. I'm going to shut you down. You're not going to do this. And can we do that? Sure. Do we all do that from time to time? We sure do. But what does it do? It leads to short-term compliance. That, uh, my guess is, is that same kid is going to be telling that same joke tomorrow night. And we're not going to be seeing any long-term change. Or perhaps if they feel fearful enough, they won't be saying it, you know, in front of their parents, but they might go to school and do the same thing. So how do we really deal with this without turning our hair gray? I don't know if that's possible for us anymore, Ed. <laughs> well, it would just be great to have hair in my case. But uh, this is when the poop hits the fan, folks. This is when, you know, this this energy, this because you said before they're a, they're asking for power. They're asking for agency. So you're saying I'm going to. So what's what's going to end up? You're going to pull the bigger power card. And what are they going to learn? They don't have as much agency as you have. You're the you know, we go back to the queen. You're you're the, the head of the household. You're the queen. You're the king. And they're they're under you, and that is not the relationship that you that you want. That's not the way you want to deal with feelings and and emotions and and the relationship. How many times did I do it? A thousand times. That scene is played in my house a thousand times. So what can we change? We can change our own approach. We can change our own reaction. Clearly, something feels good to our kids about doing a particular behavior that we don't want them to display whether it be kicking or biting or, you know, telling poop jokes or swearing or doing something else. Something is scratching an itch for them in that moment, you know, especially if they're not doing it in reaction to something, if they're just doing it. So let's change our perspective. Let's take a minute and say, okay, I have been approaching this the same way every day. And now I am in Groundhog Day where the same thing happens every day. My kid says the same thing. I say the same thing back. They do the same thing. We're in this power struggle and it ends poorly. Now I am older than them and bigger than them and they should listen to me and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, we want our kids to develop and cultivate the skills of self-regulation. So how are we going to coach them through that? So forget being a parent, forget this being a mirror of your own parenting skills and become the coach. It's your job to coach him through. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Ed, when you talked about leaning in and using improv skills and saying yes, you know, to this particular behavior, whatever it might be. So what does that sound like? Should we listen? Let's hear that. I can't wait to hear that. Okay. Role play. Take two. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I want to show you something. What is it? I put a sign on this door. Can you read it? I nap in app inner. It says inappropriate joke room. What does that mean? It's a special room I just made, and it's the 
only room in the house where we can tell potty jokes or use potty talk. Huh? You know how I always tell you to stop using potty talk? Well, I have a secret. I actually like potty talk sometimes too, but this is the only place where we can do it. It's not allowed anywhere else. Do you have any potty jokes you want to tell me? (laughs) Yeah, I have a potty joke. Okay, let's go in the room and try it out. Why did Tigger go to the bathroom? Why? To find poo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's great. Listen to the difference. And, you know, here's these things are opportunities to, uh, I mean, the, the kid's laughing. The parent, the kid can't believe what what's being said, and it changes the whole the whole dynamic. Now it's not going to work that way every time, but it's your intention to do something like that is going to change the whole scenario. It's just your awareness of it is going to make space for for your kid in a different way. We're not quashing it. We're not crushing it. We're putting some kind of boundaries around it. So we're saying, look, it's happening in this space, in this safe space, and it's not happening in these other spaces. Is it going to completely modify the behavior overnight? No, but we're looking for transformation. We're looking to co-create goals with our kids and have them learn the skills of self-regulation, right? So what this is doing, it's co-regulating. I'm helping you. I realize that you want to say these things or do these things. I'm giving you a space to do that, to get it out of your system, to experiment, to wield your personal agency. And then hopefully we can, you know, be in public and go to dinner and do these things. And you're not telling those jokes out loud. Again, is it going to work overnight? Probably not. And sometimes it might not work at all, but the intention is there. And there are lots of other tools. I think the, the higher level concept here is leaning in. Yeah. And this can be, you can, you can do it in a, with younger kids, you could do it in a magical way. This is the room where you do it. This is the inappropriate joke room. This is another area. There's a force field here. You can do it here, but you, you know, you're not doing it over here, but you're doing it over here and, and let's do it. Just that whole energy of let's do it. What do you, what do you got for me? What do you want to do? Do you have any jokes you want to tell me? Do you have any, let's, let's go. We want to make sure because we know that there is an audience that's listening that has kids or students of all ages. This concept is applicable at any age, you know? So if your teenagers are swearing, for example, then we're leaning in and saying, we're developing empathy. You know what? I kind of said some bad words or I had a swearing thing going on when I was your age. And the way that I got it out of my system was to put it in writing, just throwing out an example of another way that we could do that. And so here's a book and it is literally the swear book. And when we, you know, when we use when you really are feeling it inside of your system, what you're doing is you are going to that book and throwing it all in there. So we can adapt all of these ideas and these techniques and these interventions based on age. Yeah, I think that's a good one uh, cuz I am, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of poop jokes uh, as soon as we stop the stop recording. I, I, that's just what I'm going to do. You got me. You got my poop uh, fire lit. If you'll pardon the disgusting imagery, I. Yeah, this that's is another podcast. <laughs> that's that's episode twelve. This is this is really. I mean, I love the idea of doing. You know, you you with Gozen, you do a lot of art, and I think drawing is like a great way 
to figure out. Draw your draw your uh, poop patrol poster. Um, you know, this is for for younger kids. You could you could certainly do that for writing. You could have a journal. This is how this is how these books get written. I swear, it's like these people, you know, are are reliving their childhood in a way, and it's becoming a whole new thing. You know, it's there's no language. It's your response to it. It's your response to it. Absolutely. So listen, guys, we are so thrilled with the feedback that we're getting on the podcast with the ratings and reviews. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you could just drop us some love with a rating and review, that really helps us reach more parents, more kids, more humans. Right, Ed? Yes, more humans. And really, I want to hear your favorite poop jokes. If you have something that's really exciting, uh, this is a good place to share it, Rini. Or any other responses that you have, any questions that you have, anything that's going on with you that you want to share, or maybe something that's working for you that you want to share. Maybe it's a little, it's a, an unusual uh, skill or an unusual tool. Where, where, how do they communicate with us? They can email us at go at gozen. So G-O at G-O-Z-E-N dot com. And you guys can find all the episodes of Dear Anger at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash dear anger and we have a what's your call to action for this week ed what's the call to action for this week well you can you can practice creating a room or a space or write to your write it out write it out ask your you know invite your child to write it out uh draw it out uh but but get it out you know invite it to come out and lean in you can make a poster for yourself and those two words are big and they are lean in, um, you know, release the stopping and, and start the leaning in. Awesome. I love it. All right. I think it's time to wrap. Do connect with us, building a community around this misunderstood emotion, the most misunderstood emotion, which is anger. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.